This is a Suno India production and you're listening to Rare Live. This podcast is made possible by a grant from the Thakur Family Foundation. Thakur Family Foundation has not exercised any editorial control over the contents of this podcast. Hi, I'm Mamadika Shivastu, the host of Rare Lives. Rare Lives is the second season of the 1 in 20,000 podcast series which shines a light on the experiences of people with rare diseases and their families. The last two episodes of Rare Lives took you through some challenges of diagnosis and treatment of rare diseases in India and the major impact that the COVID-19 pandemic has had. Why? because rare diseases are mostly chronic and can be life-threatening. As healthcare faces serious disruptions world over, India too has been hard hit. But for rare individuals, lack of treatment can become a question of life and death. Now imagine being a parent of a rare child. Most rare diseases are incurable, but treatments where they exist can help slow a patient's deterioration. However, a parent of a child with a rare disease may not be aware about such treatments. The awareness about the diseases is very low to begin with and any knowledge resources and medical information is hard to come by in a language they speak or understand. In all likelihood, even if the parent manages to gain understanding about the disease and its treatment options, a series of doctor referrals have to follow. After one specialist to the other, you might also reach the doctor who knows enough and can help you. In this episode, we look at the challenges of parents with rare diseases. I spoke with Teresa Joseph, whose two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Amelia, was diagnosed with an extremely rare genetic disorder called 9P deletion. 9P deletion affects various parts of the body and can include developmental delay, low muscle tone, among other things. Amelia was born in the US. This episode offers a window into the American healthcare system which is more advanced than ours in India. So, Amelia was born in December 2017 in the US. I had a fairly typical and normal pregnancy. Um, she was immediately diagnosed. As soon as she was born, she was diagnosed with a probable genetic condition. Uh, like within the first couple of hours after she was born. She, uh, we had a really good pediatrician who looked at her and was able to diagnose her with low tone or hypotonia, uh, which is typically related or you can associate that with some sort of a genetic condition. Additionally, she also had a cleft palate, which is basically a hole in the roof of her mouth, the back of the roof of her mouth. Um, so she had feeding issues right from birth. And in the first two weeks of her life, we got the exact diagnosis. It's actually an extremely rare disease. One in 100,000 people or even less, the statistics. 
um it's called 9p deletion which is basically there's some genetic material that is missing from amelia's body in addition to that missing genetic material she also has a duplication of some other genetic material so she has both these conditions together but primarily it is diagnosed as 9p deletion syndrome amelia was diagnosed with something incredibly rare but there is another thing of note as we discussed in the last episode of rare lives diagnosis of children with rare diseases in infancy is in itself a unique and rare thing especially in india in the previous episode we featured a father whose two children have spinal muscular atrophy while i cannot disclose his name for reasons of patient confidentiality i will refer to him as ankit in the rest of this episode his children started treatment a few months ago the father is in the paramilitary while the children live with their mother and extended family in uttar pradesh meanwhile amelia's family has more resources at their disposal which eases the parents confusion living in a developed country like america with more specialized care makes a world of a difference for children with rare diseases this is what trisa has to say uh we have an online community it is so rare that you know we met three geneticists who looked at amelia's diagnosis and had no idea about this condition had never heard of it and all three of them told us to depend on the online community for a prognosis or what life with amelia could be like because that's what happens with rare diseases um it's very hard to understand the child and the complexities that come with it and most of these rare diseases have a whole spectrum so we don't know or we could not predict where on the spectrum amelia lies but as time has gone by we have gotten an idea of what amelia is like what what her life could possibly be like again it's a best guess scenario there's no confirmed prognosis uh, but we take every day as it comes um yeah that's that's about her basic condition amelia trisa and her husband were staying in bengaluru with their family when the covid-19 pandemic struck trisa could not move back to the us She provides an interesting insight into how children like Amelia are treated and cared for in India. Amelia has an ongoing problem with her gastrointestinal system and needs a feeding tube to consume food. Um we met the doctor here in India. Of course he is he is an extremely well qualified person with a lot of experience. But um the difference I see is the I think there is there's a more casual approach um there was a more casual approach taken than the doctor in america um i don't know if this is because there is already a sort of prejudice um you know against children like amelia with disabilities or medical complexities or you know a genetic underlying genetic condition I don't know if that's the reason um I don't want to make an assumption but I definitely did see a more casual attitude like oh you know it's okay and she's managing and like a more chalta hai sort of for lack of a better term chalta hai sort of attitude which uh I would say was different I I don't know if it was upsetting it made me feel like we are probably neglecting 
what's happening with Emilio, there's some level of negligence. Um, he did listen to us carefully and he gave us answers to whatever he could. But he wasn't really pushy with the diagnosis or want to really find out as to what is going on with Emilia. I mean, we have not experienced this in America, but I'm sure it exists where doctors tend to blame everything on the disease, you know, on the underlying genetic condition versus trying to find out exactly what is going on. You know, just, okay, her system is off because of the underlying genetic condition. I don't think... Um, I don't think that should be done. I mean, you have to be able to objectively look at every problem and be able to diagnose it. Um, at least put in an effort into like researching as to what is going on. Um, we have been really fortunate to have those kind of doctors in America. I won't say that that's the case with every single doctor. No, there is a lot of tendency to blame the problem on the underlying genetic condition but i definitely did see that with the indian doctor that there was this tendency to let it go and be like as long as she is staying okay for the most part let's just brush the smaller problems aside and not be too concerned about it while ankit's two children with spinal muscular atrophy had to go from pillar to post to try to get documentation for their free treatment amelia's parents appear to have some support in the u.s when they lived there so the system in America for a child like Amelia is pretty good. Basically, every hospital has a system. And um, Amelia was handled by a children's hospital where, you know, there are a numerous specialists who took care of her. So we have one coordinator, a social worker, like they assign you with a person who will help you um, walk through the initial initial steps you know you you get you you get registered in the system um you get assigned to you have your pediatrician who becomes your primary care practitioner and then slowly with every passing day you get a new specialist in your life that's how it was over there it was very slow the process um the social worker walked us through how the registration process is going to be how you're registered with the hospital which is with the medical system as well as with the government that is the state um, how you have to work through the insurance policies, what is covered, what is not covered. So they, they walk you through the whole process. And it was very overwhelming. And it's not that I understood everything right away. But the fact that I had somebody to go to with questions was really, really like a great support. Like in my mind, I was like, OK, I'm not alone. We are not alone. We have a professional who's helping us through this whole system to maneuver the system. Then we had our primary care practitioner, which is the main, you know, the pediatrician that Amelia goes to or would be going to, um, who would take care of all of Amelia's basic pediatric needs like vaccinations and, you know, regular sicknesses like cold fever or the annual checkups, weight check, height check, growth check, all of those things. And she also um, has been our, our point of contact in case of any issue. And, you know, anything that comes up with Amelia, we discuss it with her pediatrician, who then guides us to go to the next specialist as, you know, it's her medical recommendation. So she has helped us, helped us build a team of specialists. And over a period of about six months, we had a team of 14 to 15 specialists for Amelia who we 
seen you know over the last two years or you know the two years that Amelia has spent in the US. Um, you know, some of them have been quarterly checks, some of them have been six months, or some of them have just been annual checks. But the basic difference between the Indian system and the American system is that there is no pre-programmed system in India for medically complex children. Parents are left to go find doctors on their own. There's no one who's going to help you coordinate these appointments. Um, there's no one who is going to guide you as to, you know, where you have to go, which hospital you have to go to, which doctor you have to see. It's up to you. You go onto Google and search and look for specialists and it's a hard process. It's, it's a lot harder here in India than it was in America, even though we have the experience of being in the medical world, you know, as medical parents for over two years, even though we had all of the idea and information, we know what specialists to look out for. It is still a lot harder to find doctors in India. Where treatment is available, maintaining a rare individual's health takes a lot of money. Medicines can range from thousands to crores of rupees. Even as assisted devices such as feeding tubes, motorized wheelchairs, or facilities such as physiotherapy or mental therapy to lessen the trauma of a deteriorating body are usually available, these are paid by the patients and the families themselves. Ankit talks about challenges of parents with limited economic means. अगर वो लेटे रहेगा अगर दहने बाएं अगर होना पड़ेगा तो फिर जो है उसको कवर जो है बदलना पड़ता है मतलब कि वो लड़का जो मेरा है वो अपने आप से कुछ नहीं कर सकता है ना वो उठ सकता है ना बैठ सकता है ना करवट ले सकता है लेकिन खाता है जो खिलाएंगे वो खा देगा हंसेगा बात करेगा मोबाइल चलाएगा हर चीज करेगा इसमें जो हमारी वाइफ का जो है बहुत अच्छा भूमिका है इतना छुट्टी जाता हूँ दवा के लिए जाना था जयपुर माथुर जी के पास जैसो माथुर के पास मैं छुट्टी गया था तो मुझे जो है छुट्टी मिली तो मैं गया वहाँ से जो है दवा लेके आया फिर जो है उनको जो है दो चार दिन के साथ रहा फिर मैं चले आया अब जो है सारा काम वही करती है बच्चों को पढ़ाना लिखाना खाना बनाना खिलाना सारे परिवार को देखना तो हर चीज़ कर रही है मैडम जो है अपने परिवार का जो है जो भी करना है पूरा हर चीज़ ये नहीं कि कोई कमी आने देती है कि माँ मम्मी को कोई कमी आ गया पापा को कमी आ गया बच्चों को भी देखती है बच्चा तो जो है छोड़ता नहीं है मम्मी के पास जाएंगे मम्मी के पास जाएंगे वहीं से वहीं मैं वो बच्चों बच्चा उसको जो है एक घंटे के लिए जो है छोड़ नहीं सकता कि अगर वो चाहे कि हम जो है मार्केट चले जाएँ चाहे कोई अपना पर्सनल काम है तो जो चले जाएँ तो नहीं जा सकती है तुरंत वो नहीं लग गया वो बच्चे को लेकर कहाँ कहाँ जाएगी तो काफ़ी संघर्ष वो कर रही है हमारी जो वाइफ काफी सपोर्ट हमको कर रहे हैं 
इनका जो है दोनों टाइम इसकी मम्मी जो है मालिश करती है पूरा तेल से जो है आयुर्वेदिक तेल है जो भी है जो जैसे डॉक्टर बोलते हैं वैसे हम लोग जो है करते हैं मैडम इनके लिए चार जो पांच साल की बेटी हो गई है इसका डेली मालिश डेली इसकी जो है मसाज डेली करते हैं The children take treatment with Dr. Priyanshu Mathur from J.K. Loan Hospital in Jaipur, which is more than 800 kilometers away from their house in Uttar Pradesh. It is next to impossible to go for regular checkups to the doctor of their choice unless there is an acute emergency. In the U.S., Teresa said regular checkups of children are possible and even encouraged before things get worse. I think one other big difference that I've noticed between the American system and the Indian system is the fact that in America you go to a doctor for a for a well visit. Everything is okay, but you still go to the doctor proactively for children like Amelia, especially even though there is no problem. Um, that is how they have been able to diagnose Amelia proactively without waiting for things to actually get worse. Whereas in India, you don't go to a doctor unless you have a problem. The first question they ask you when you come to the office is, "What seems to be the problem, or what is wrong?" Not all parents of children with rare diseases are able to handle the children. The problem can be as much an economical one. Poor parents can scarcely afford diagnosis or treatment for such a child, but it is also a social issue. Children with rare diseases are not accepted in the society at large. Often, at the stage of diagnosis, parents have a hard time accepting the child's illness. Parents drop their child's treatment or do not start it at all. Dr. Mathur, a pediatrician at the J.K. Lawn Hospital, is a specialist in rare diseases and spoke to me about this. ऐसा होता है तो जब पेशेंट्स आते हैं हम उन्हें जब पहली बार बताते हैं कि इसको यह बीमारी है तो कई बार सबसे पहले तो वो लोग उस डायग्नोसिस को एक्सेप्ट करने को तैयार ही नहीं होते हैं क्योंकि वो कहते हैं कि मैं भी नॉर्मल हूँ और मेरी वाइफ भी नॉर्मल है तो हमारे बच्चों को ये बीमारी कैसे हो सकती है हम नहीं मानते क्योंकि हमारे इंडिया में लोगों को अवेयरनेस की बहुत कमी है वो इन चीजों के बारे में समझते नहीं है और उनका पिछले कुछ समय में ये देखा गया है कि वो डॉक्टर्स के ऊपर उतनी आसानी से भरोसा भी नहीं कर पाते हैं और उनकी नेग्लिजेंस की वजह से पेरेंट्स की जो इंफॉर्मेशन की कमी है उसकी वजह से वो बच्चों का ट्रीटमेंट कराने के लिए भी मना कर देते हैं टू एक्सेप्ट चिल्ड्रन विद रेयर डिजीजेस वन नीड्स टू लुक एट देम एज इंडिविजुअल्स एंड नॉट जस्ट द सम ऑफ देयर मेडिकल कॉम्प्लिकेशंस और देयर मेडिकल कॉम्प्लेक्सिटीज Teresa talks beautifully about how her daughter has changed her life. Um the medical complexities of Amelia's life always are secondary. It's first the person that she is. Um you know when you think about a child who's medically complex or has disabilities I don't know if it's uh, I can only talk about the Indian mindset because that's what I'm familiar with but the Indian mindset immediately is you know negative. Like it's as if she is a burden in your life. whereas it's exactly the contrary amelia has been the most enriching thing that has happened in all of our lives anyone's life she has touched she has made a difference and how many times can you say that a child has made such a big difference in your life she has literally changed the person i am she has changed me inside out completely like not only has she changed my pers- 
perspective on things she has changed my personality she has changed me to be less judgmental she has made me more kind more loving well she is obviously the love of my life but she also happens to me be my biggest teacher and my biggest inspiration um my life has entirely changed after having amelia so it's been incredible it's been a great journey with her like chisa ankit speaks about his daughter with great pride his daughter pushed him to think of her as a capable child much more than he could imagine earlier she was clear she wanted to go to school and not stay at home all day मैडम अगर हम सपोर्ट करेंगे भरपूर सपोर्ट करेंगे मैडम जरूर पन पेंगे और इनके लायक और इनके अंदर ऐसी कैपेसिटी मैडम होती है मैं तो मैडम देख मैं तो देख रहा हूँ खुद देखता हूँ कि जो बात ये कर देते हैं इस उम्र का लड़का नहीं कर पाता है उसको अगर एक बार कोई चीज बता दिया जाए कि ये चीज है तो उसके उससे आप जो है अगर एक महीने बाद दो महीने बाद ही पूछेंगे तो बताएगी कि हाँ आपने ये बताया था उसके अंदर एक कैपेसिटी है स्कूल जाने के लिए खुद इच्छुक है मैम मैं जैसे हम तो जैसे सोचते थे कि चलो घर में रहेगी खेलती रहेगी अपना कुत्ते रहेगी जब वो जब अपनी इच्छा जब व्यक्त की उसके बाद से हम अपनी बेटी के चलते हम जागरूक हुए उसकी मम्मी बोलती थी कि इसको जो है स्कूल भेजना है स्कूल भेजना है लेकिन मैं सोचता था कौन ले जाएगा कहीं गिर जाएगी रास्ते में पड़ी जाएगी एक और जो है प्रॉब्लम खड़ी हो जाएगी हमारे लिए कोई कहीं उसको कोई देखने वाला नहीं रहेगा फिर मैं मैडम जो है प्लान किया कि पहले मैं अपने गाँव के स्कूल में डालता हूँ देखता हूँ क्या इसका क्या रिजल्ट है मैं उसको जो है गांव के स्कूल में मैं ले गया पढ़ाया लिखाया तो अच्छा उसका जो है रिस्पांस आया उसकी जो है स्कूल की टीचर बोली कि जो है यहाँ पे गांव के स्कूल जो है जो बच्चे कम थे 120-25 लड़के थे तो काफी अच्छा इसका जो है रिस्पांस रहा वहाँ पे स्कूल में तो उसको मैं फिर वहां से निकाल के फिर मैं जो है मैडम कर दिया सिटी में कर दिया this in spite of a chronic medical illness Teresa is also proud of how her child can charm almost anyone and make everyone feel special and better so amelia is a very social person she has been right since she was about 2 3 months old she started smiling that's one of the first milestones that she hit um she started smiling relatively early at about between 2 and 3 months old and since then she's been a social butterfly like she loves meeting people maybe she was 5 months old 6 months old she would bring her palm and caress your cheek you know she would just look at your eyes and bring her palm and caress your cheek and smile it's one of my most favorite memories of amelia and she would do that to people she met for the first time it was as if you know she was talking but with just this small little gesture and literally she would melt people's hearts like i don't know if a single person who has met amelia and not fallen in love with amelia she just has the charisma you know like she's just fantastic like i don't know how to express it in words even um she's very emotionally aware like she doesn't communicate with words she's non verbal but she has her own ways of communicating very recently she started using sign language some signs um and she uses gestures and some vocalization 
you know, she she tries her best to communicate and we try our best to understand what she's saying. But she's very emotionally aware. I don't know if I can call that emotional quotient. I really don't know if you can term it that. But I think she is extremely high on her awareness of emotions. Like if she senses that, I don't know how she's able to even do it. Like it amazes me. But she's able to sense when somebody is sad and she comes in like she will give you extra attention or or she feels sad like there was I was watching a tv show once and I started crying watching the tv show and she was next to me and she started crying because I was crying and she didn't stop until like I told her like I'm fine you know I'm not upset it's just amma got emotional watching a tv show so if if like just this morning i was tickling my husband and he he hates being tickled and he was yelling at me to stop and she thought she was watching this and she thought that he was in pain and i was doing something to him and she was looking at him with this really sad face that you know what can i do to help you um and she she really has this amazing quality of being able to understand the emotions of a person which i feel is so deep for a child her age she's two and a half and supposedly delayed developmentally but uh, it's so it's so amazing she that she can make a bad day good instantly or like if you're in a bad mood she can be a mood uplifter instantly like she she's just so full of joy all the time being rare is not a death sentence Rare children can transform the lives of the parents and those around them simply by their will and their strength. She has gone through a lot in her life. She's had four, uh, three major surgeries and a couple of other hospitalizations where she was severely anemic and needed blood transfusions and another testing process that was done. Um, but. through it all you know whenever she's been in pain okay she's cried and she's expressed her pain but in that in that moment of suffering or pain if she had some respite or relief immediately you would see that she would try to smile and let me know that you know it's okay i'm okay even at 9 months of age she had the capacity to be able to pacify me almost she, i We'll never forget these moments that I have shared with Amelia, where she's able to communicate through her expressions alone that it will be okay. You know, things will be fine. I'm fine. It's not as bad as it looks. And yeah, she just helped us to celebrate the smallest of things in life that you definitely would have overlooked. That I definitely would have overlooked if it were not for her. we celebrate when she takes a sip from a sipper you know drinks a sip of water is able to successfully swallow it when she is able to eat pureed food uh when she is able to tell me that she wants to read a book i mean these are things that we just take for granted and amelia has taught us that everything we do our life on a daily basis every step we take every word we speak, speak every uh, the vision that we have all of this you cannot take it for granted because it can just change overnight or in a matter of a second and everything in life is a blessing and amelia has taught 
our whole family, not just me, my entire family and anyone who has met her, that we have to be grateful for the smallest of things in life, which automatically changes our perspective. Like when you are grateful and thankful for the smallest things in life, you automatically become a happier, more satisfied person. Uh, once you have joy and happiness in your life, it's just so much easier to live. Like so for anyone who thinks that having a child like Amelia should be a burden or would be a burden, it's completely the opposite. My life is happy and content. And I mean, I had everything before Amelia was born, like everything I, I would have needed or theoretically needed or society norms said I needed. I had everything, but I never felt this kind of contentment until I had Amelia. So that speaks volumes. The narrative about children with rare diseases is thus much more than their medical difficulties. It is a story of deep love and acceptance, both from the parents as well as the child. Can't we lend a hand also as society to them? This podcast is made possible by a grant from the Thakur Family Foundation. The Thakur Family Foundation has not exercised any editorial control over the contents of this podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rare Lives. You can hear 1 in 20,000, which is the first season and covers many more interesting stories and discussions into the lives of rare disease patients. You can listen to this podcast on www.sunoindia.in or any other podcast app of your choice. Thank you.